Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Disney Time Podcast. I'm your host, Micah, and joining me today is my co-host, Rissa. Hello. How's it going today, Rissa? Pretty good. All right, that's good. So um, Nelson's not with us today. He's uh, a bit occupied. So uh, we're going to be doing a spoiler alert for you guys now. We're going to review Toy Story 4 today. So if you haven't watched it yet and you want to watch it, uh, you know, tune out now. Or just listen to the first part because we're going to be talking about an article first and then tune out after that. So um, I think it, you've already watched it, right, Rissa? Yeah, I watched it on Thursday. Yeah, so like that's even a day before the official airing, like release. That's correct. All right. So the first thing we're going to talk about is a No Before You Go article that was put out by the Disney Parks blog. And it's No Before You Go, planning your visit to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge at Disneyland Resort beginning June 24. So we already know that um, before June 24, Galaxy's Edge was reservation only. So I guess you can call that a type of soft opening for Galaxy's Edge. And on June 24, which is going to be tomorrow, Monday, it's going to be open to the public, the general public or the paid admission folks who are already in Disneyland. And so they gave us this article so that everybody knows and nobody is, you know, wondering what's happening when it opens to the general public. All right. So the first thing they mentioned in this article are boarding groups. So getting into Galaxy's Edge at first in the morning. Before it reaches capacity, you, you'll probably be able to get in. Uh, you'll probably be able to um, just like walk. If you go directly there, you'll probably be in the if you're like in the first group, you'll probably be able to just walk into the Galaxy's Edge. But after that, once it reaches capacity, they're going to have something called boarding groups, which is basically a virtual queuing system that's going to be needed so that it will allow people to get into Galaxy's Edge throughout the day because it's going to get uh, pretty much packed. And uh, Risa, did you notice it a little bit different when you went last time to Disneyland, the like Disneyland crowd capacity and everything? Yeah, it, it definitely um, caught up to us there. Um, it wasn't like peak summer kind of capacity, um, but it was more like a typical kind of Saturday, Sunday vibe that you feel um, where uh, even though like SoCal and Deluxe were block blacked out, um, there were definitely longer lines than what you guys experienced, which was basically just a walk on. Um, now right. on, on the other park in California Adventure, it was definitely more like a Sunday busy crowd, even though we were there on a Saturday, um, because they were not blacked out. Ah, so that's where the SoCal and the Deluxe Passes were heading, right? Right. All right. So it seems like it may even be worse coming tomorrow and onward where what we kind of expected for this, you know, soft opening period, uh, where people are going to be crowding the parks and you know everyone's gonna want to get into galaxy's edge because they don't need a reservation anymore uh and then so for these boarding groups what you're gonna do is they actually have a diagram on this um on this article it shows about the virtual queue you can join a boarding group basically you need the disneyland app and you need your ticket that is going to be tied to the app because you know you can link your ticket to the app you can link your annual pass to the app you need to have it linked in order to join the boarding group so once you're once you're logged into the app um, there's you go and click on the galaxy's edge little section on the app and then it will say there's going to be a little button that says join boarding group to start the process if 
a boarding group is needed because like I said, early in the morning, you're probably not gonna need the boarding groups, but once they start implementing it, you have to go here. You click join boarding group. You need to link your tickets so that you know which tickets, which people are gonna be in that boarding group. And then you're gonna be assigned the boarding group. And then you just wait. If you have push notifications activated for the app, you're gonna get a notification once you're allowed to enter into the land and queue up to get in. So, you know, either enable push notifications or they're also gonna have a text messaging system that will text message you if you don't have push notifications enabled. So it's gonna tell the guests which of the entrances to use as well. For the soft openings when I went, they made us use the Hungry Bear entrance, but I know in the morning, they use the Thunder Mountain entrance, which is pretty much the main entrance. So, you know, it's, it's gonna vary. Um, and then Rissa, you mentioned you want us to try getting to Ogus Cantina. Did you see what they mentioned about Ogus Cantina and Savvy's workshop in, the, in this article? Yeah, you can only make reservations the day of beginning at 7 a.m. Um, mm -hmm. And you need a valid credit card. So I'm assuming it's like typical restaurant reservations where if you don't show, they'll, they'll charge you a minimum amount. Yeah, and in this instance for uh, Ogus Cantina, it's $10. I'm not sure how many people, it doesn't say how many people are allowed to get in on the reservation. Uh, but for Savvy's Workshop, one person has to pay up or, you know, link your credit card so that you can pay in advance. Um, when you make the reservation for Savvy's workshop, they're going to notify you two hours before and you're allowed to bring two other people to go in with you um, during that reservation time. So if you're able to snag a reservation for Ogus Cantina or Savvy's workshop, you're going to be pretty much guaranteed to get into Galaxy's Edge. So it's another way for you kind of to reserve your way into Galaxy's Edge. You can make a reservation at Oga's or make a reservation at Savvy's. But again, if you make a reservation at Savvy's, you're required to pay the $200 to make a lightsaber. So one of you has to build one, right? The right. other two don't. They get in, but then they, you know, they're there to watch the process. Um, so what do you think, Rissa? You think Savvy's is in the picture here for you? I don't think it, I'll get one for a while. Um, mm. Just, just because it it seems like madness right now. Yeah, um, at I don't, the beginning, yeah. I don't even know how the virtual queue will really work. Um, because if I were people and I did rope drop, I would not leave that land basically all exactly, day. Exactly, exactly. Um, it would be like so. It'd be capacity the whole day, and pretty much nobody will get in with a virtual queue, right? Right. So that's that's what I was wondering in terms of this. Like, why didn't they just continue to do the reservation the system? Windows. Yeah, because yeah. this seems like people will just be waiting all day before they get pinged and like what right. if you wanted to like make a, res a restaurant reservation somewhere and then in the middle of it you get pinged you get what 20 minutes to run over yeah exactly and then then if you miss your boarding pass you don't get in anymore right you have yeah. to redo it yeah it, it just it doesn't it seems more like a chaotic kind of order than what they were doing with a, a four-hour window so for you you would rather see do a virtual queue everybody will do a virtual queue and then whoever gets in these boarding passes will get four-hour blocks right right or if you're able to snag an ogus reservation just go in during those reservation times right right yeah that that seems more you know sensible but you know when has disney made sense I mean, they made sense there's, there's for, points, for right? uh, the opening, right? Like, you guys yeah, encounter yeah. too much craziness, which is beyond my comprehension. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, like, I think that if they just introduce virtual queue from the beginning of the day, they can manage crowds better. 
instead right. of allowing people to rope drop and just sit in the land all day. Yeah, because they, they're not putting a time limit. So once you're in, you can sit there for the whole day. Even yeah. though I have to say the, the section of the park itself isn't, is not a whole day thing. Like uh, for me, you can be in there, I don't know, two, three hours and then get out. Right. And then but, it's, you know. but you didn't have both rides open. Right. But, you know, starting tomorrow, both rides are still not open, right? So Yeah. But when we go, both rides will be open. And well, that's um, what they're saying. I mean, we, supposedly. Th- yeah. There, there's still there's some rumors that it's still being pushed out maybe to 2020, early 2020. Okay. So, but yeah, the, the thing that concerns me, though, is that with only one ride open um, and like Oga's Cantina capacity, like everything's mm-hmm. going to be capacity. I can see people staying all day in there just yeah. because they, they waited all this time. Um, they're going to be like, I'm going to make this worth it. Whether it's all day or if it's like eight hours, like to wait eight hours for your boarding group. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> is it worth that? Yeah, you know? that that's what my fear is. So here's my question. Do you think they're going to modify this in some way after seeing that people are going to stay the whole day? I would hope so. But what do I know? I thought it was going to be capacity <laughs> when, when it was like, you know, this this reservation system. So who right. knows? People might be scared off for good. Like, <laughs> I don't know anymore. I really don't know anymore. That's Yeah, that's the thing about people, right? Like, you can't really think of people as rational because people are not rational, you know? Yeah. Pe- people aren't rational beings. So it's like, what's going to happen who knows? <laughs> I mean, for all we know, everybody is on the same wavelength again, and they're going to stay away, and it's going to be like nobody's there. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, hopefully, but once people figure out kind of like what happened, what you saw when you went to Disneyland, it, it corrected itself, right? People realized the first two weeks it was really light on at Disneyland, and then all of a sudden it starts getting heavier, especially on the weekends. Yeah, but it was more manageable. It wasn't like crazy packed, you know, like when I've when I've gone before where it's not I wouldn't even say like Christmas time wall to wall kind of thing that I was scared of. It was more of when did I go like October around Halloween. That's that's still full for me. But here I was still able to walk around like long lines were quote unquote long lines were 30, 45 minutes, you know, right. right. They weren't walk on like hyperspace mountain or right. Like those I mean, ones. that one peaked at probably an hour, but mm-hmm. that's still manageable for Hyperspace Mountain, you know? Right, right. I didn't get to ride um, Guardians or anything really in uh, California Adventure because there, the lines were long there. Um, so basically, I just spent money <laughs> in California Adventure. Um, we ate at Lamplight Lounge in the actual Ooh. like bar area because we didn't have nice. a reservation. Um, and then we ended up buying the special edition mickey new wayfarers so oh yeah yeah so you spent money by buying stuff yeah <laughs> well i mean you know that's something to do it's it's better than uh i mean you've ridden all the rides before so it's like right you, know, you can just do that stuff speaking of that the the new wayfarers um are actually online now you can buy them oh. on sunglass hut um they're polarized new wayfarers and uh what do you think of them do you uh do you like them oh i wore? love them mm. yeah nice I recommend them. And the them. design, how's how do they look like with the Mickey? Um, they're kind of like a an abstract pattern with like oh. different Mickey kind of design. Um, you could probably show a picture on on the blog. Yeah, sure. Uh, so what's like the price point right now that it was running? 
Um, I think it's two forty three. Okay. Which is not then, bad for for Ray Bans in general. Did you uh, get an annual pass discount? They are excluded from annual ah, pass discount. Okay, so you got to pay the full price then. Correct. All right, so there you have it. So uh, there's a little bit of review for you guys on the uh, new Wayfarers that are the Mickey design that Rissa actually owns. So. You know, she can vouch for them. Yep. Cool. So let's uh, let's move into our topic, which is uh, Toy Story 4. So Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert for everybody. We're moving into Toy Story 4 now. Uh, if you want to, drop off because we're going to be talking about spoilers. All right. Um, so now that that's out of the way, um, Rissa, what did you think overall of the movie? It was a very enjoyable movie. Um, I laughed a lot more than I normally would at a Toy Story mm. movie. Um, I laughed so much that Kay said that I was kind of obnoxious. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, there were jump scares, which I didn't expect to be there. Um, there were creepy moments. Um, so if you have young kids, beware. Right. Um, but it was really, it was really enjoyable. I just didn't like where they departed in the end. Um, mm. It just felt like a the movie as a whole kind of felt like a cash grab. Um, yeah, yeah. But it was it was stunning. Like the the CG visuals, the visuals. Yeah. It was just stunning. Um, they did a good job. It just it just did didn't feel exactly how um i would a want a story movie would yeah yeah, yeah it, it felt yeah. like a departure kind of um especially since uh toy story 3 ended so beautifully um where they left off the characters uh they could have just built a lot more around the world right um, right yeah yeah i i kind of felt the same way i don't know if it's because lassiter wasn't involved you know because he's obviously been kicked out of disney right but you know i, I feel like the storytelling was a little bit lacking there um it, Half of the movie felt a little weird because uh, if right, you saw right. if you saw um, Rashida Jones actually wrote half the movie and then yeah. somebody else took the other half. Uh, she left halfway through. Um, oh, that's why. Okay. So it kind of felt like all the parts around Bo Peep were probably written by her. Um, ah. Just the way the character acted and you know um, responded to to everything going on. Um, mm. The heart was definitely there in the movie it just didn't it felt out of character um right right yeah it just it didn't feel right it, it's kind of like what we were talking about with marvel with some of the character endings like especially captain america it didn't seem in character for him right right and and for us in this movie it was woody right right yeah so let's start out um since you mentioned bo peep let's let's start out with that because you know, at the very beginning of the movie, they they go into the the backstory behind why Bo Peep was lost, and she became well, she was like donated. So um, let's talk about Bo Peep a little bit here. Uh, what did you think of Bo Peep? I thought she was a a good character. Um, she definitely had more depth than what I was used to as her as a character. Um, but honestly, I always thought she was Andy's toy. Me too. I thought the same thing. I was like, wait, she's Molly's toy? Yeah. So, and I didn't yeah, know so she was a lamp. That too. That too. I mean, I knew she was porcelain because they kind of make her shiny. Yeah. You know? But the lamp part, I did not know she was a lamp. Yeah. I thought she was just like some porcelain doll that, you know, right. Andy's mom gave him. Because right. An- uh, Woody is also an antique. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, you know... So one thing that I really noticed that stuck out was the when you like we were saying earlier the visuals. It looks so realistic the way they did stuff with the water, like like the rain. It looked yeah. real. Yeah. I thought it was like they were blending like live action with animation. Well, it wasn't only just like 
the rain, it was um, there were some scenes in the carnival towards the end mm-hmm. where right. the lighting was just so yeah, it was so perfect. I don't know how they yes, did it, yes. but the lighting bouncing off of um, the the toy's hands, it made yes. it look like it was a real toy's hand. Um, it, I don't know. It, it was stunning. Yeah, I mean, they, they kept the cartoonish like um, look to it, feel to it, but it was like realistic, like right. super realistic. Right. It, it's I, I feel like that's a lot of their focus on this movie was the visuals because it was visually stunning. Yeah, you could definitely then, tell the scenes that they spent a lot of time and money on though right right like the carnival where you know you see a lot of bokeh you know yeah in the back yeah the light and then they make it soft on the back but then they make it like really clear in the front you know right. that's that's a very uh, cinematic technique that they did there um you know it's a <laughs> they've come a long way um, oh with yeah animation here especially yeah. with um when you see they flash back to andy playing with um his toys they yes. definitely changed his look um, oh yeah because in toy story one and i think part of two he was still a little creepy looking yeah <laughs> um but yeah they they really improved his look uh made him look like an actual kid not some weird mannequin zombie kid <laughs> um more in the style of what sid was in in toy story one just shinier you know yeah 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 so i mean yeah we talked about the visuals there so yeah and and so bo peep you know we we figure out that she was donated by molly which you know seemed kind of out of place too right right what did you think of that donation whole portion there so they actually spent a little time um talking about bo peep's uh backstory in molly's life uh, of how yeah. um molly couldn't go to sleep without bo um she would even sleep with her hand on um the Bo's lamp foot. and on yeah. bo peep and then for her to just dismiss you know that lamp and not really care about it and just be like no i don't need her anymore it, it seemed a little off um yeah i mean in toy story 3 we kind of saw what molly was like grown up um that she's, you know, a normal teenager. But at this point, she's not a teenager yet. She's still, yeah, she's still like, kid. what, yeah. six, seven? Yeah, because Andy was still young there, too. Yeah, Andy was, like, ten, I think. Yeah. Nine yeah. or ten, because it said, like, nine years before. Right. Um. So it, it just seemed a little off for, for Molly to be like, whatever, I don't need her anymore, instead of, like, fighting. Because I remember when I was a kid, I, I didn't want to part with any of my toys. I was a right, super right. hoarder. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I didn't play with every single toy, um, kind of like with Bonnie, but right. I still held on to them. I mean, I still hold on to them now. Like, they're in storage, but they're they're still there. Right, exactly. There's, there's like, a sentiment, sentimental value to them that we place on it, and you know, we would expect the kids to put something like that on their, their items, right? Right, especially on something that she cared about so much. Yeah, I mean, it, it has a significance to her growing up, you know? Yeah, so. they, they kind of cast her in the light of Emily um, from Toy Story 2. Oh. Um, but but the difference is with Emily and Jesse is Emily had already outgrown her. Yes, yes. She's um, like, an ad- like almost an adult already, right? Right, right. I mean, you don't expect somebody to, to carry their toys all the way through adulthood, kind of like what, what Andy was trying to do with Woody. Right. Um, but it, it just, it felt off that a six, seven-year-old kid didn't want to hold on to the lamp or at least put it in storage. Yeah, put it in the attic, just like with the other stuff, right? Right. So, yeah. Um, but then, yeah, so Bo ends up, you know, being outgrown again by whoever it was donated to. And then she ends up being an antique and being a, a quote-unquote lost toy, basically. Um, so, yeah, we see that 
where she's independent and she loves living the lost toy life and her plan eventually is to hop on with the carnival because the carnival was in town and join join up with the car you know just follow wherever the carnival goes right so yeah that was that was her whole plan in this movie is just be free because that's what she wanted to do you know instead of waiting for a child to you know adopt like take her right and then in contrast we we see woody here um you know normally woody is the hero like the hero hero of the story right right we see that in toy story one through three he's like the leader and everybody follows what he says and and in this one it kind of seemed like he was a throwaway what did you think about woody so this is the part that i kind of had issue with um Mm -hmm. especially since he's now bonnie's toy right Um, right and in toy story 3 we saw him bond with bonnie in a way that she needed him as much as he needed her um so we see him eventually being thrown into the closet and just staying there and being forgotten and it, it seemed like a departure um, yeah, it didn't seem in in character for Bonnie to want to do that to her toys, especially since she was touted as as somebody that can take care of Andy's precious toys. Um, it, it, the way Toy Story three left off, it it made me feel like. Bonnie was responsible for taking care of his toys until he came back and wanted them, to, you know, to give to his future kids. Um, right. But it, it, that's not what happened here. Yeah, it, it like it took a left turn or something, you know. Yeah. Um, so we, you know, we see Woody and he's kind of contemplating like what what's going on with him. He's not. He's no longer in favor with Bonnie. He's being put in the closet, and for him, his whole mission is to make Bonnie happy. So uh, Bonnie goes to kindergarten and she's not allowed to bring her toys obviously her parents tell her not to so woody sneaks in the backpack and um observes basically what's going on with bonnie so he kind of helps her create forky so i mean uh let's let's talk about forky now um what what are your thoughts on this spork that turned into like a live toy um he was (laughs) he was very funny um yeah Especially right when he started, he was just, you know, trash. Yeah, he kept saying trash. All he could say was trash, trash. (laughs) Um, And we kind of see an echo of that later on um, in the post-credit scenes um, or mid-credit scenes. Um, And I I thought he was a good addition, but he kind of got old quick. Um, Oh, yeah. The the gimmick of trying to throw himself into the trash kind of got old. Um, They could have probably repeated it like, two or three times and the audience would have gotten it but i think because it's a children's movie they they just wanted to keep the gag going right i mean they even use it as a plot device for the reason why woody and ends up you know outside of the rv right yeah because you know forky's constantly trying to throw himself away yeah yeah um so yeah so you see that after bonnie created forky she's so attached to him like forky is the number one thing in her life now and so woody and of course woody makes it his mission to keep forky um around even because especially because forky's trying to throw himself away um we see that you know he'll put forky next to bonnie all the time and forky will throw himself in the trash woody will throw him back up and then it keeps repeating and repeating um so yeah eventually forky ends up out the window uh, because bonnie and family take a road trip in an rv and forky jumps out the open window because woody falls asleep which is kind of confusing because i didn't know toys slept right (laughs) what was that about how come how come woody dozed off do you do you know i mean 
in the earlier movies, we see them going back into the toy box and then uh-huh. waking up, I guess, so to speak. Um, I guess they sleep. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, they never really explained that toy sleep because it looked like Buzz was wide awake. So <laughs> even... I don't know. Do they do they actually... It seemed like they sleep. I have no idea. Yeah, they never went into the dynamics of that. But yeah, Woody kind of dozes off and Forky doesn't pay attention to Forky. Forky jumps out and then ends up on the road and Woody goes after him. And they're like, where's the next stop? The next stop is here. And then they're like, five miles. Okay, I can make that. And then he... He pretty much gets Forky and brings him all the way back to town where they're where they're stopped for the for the day. Um, and that's where he goes to, and sees an antique shop and sees the lamp, Bo's lamp, pretty much. Um, so uh, let's talk about the antique, like in the antique shop, because that's where they introduce a, a few more new characters, um, particularly Gabby Gabby and the Bensons. Um, what do you think of Gabby Gabby, Rissa? I thought she was um, a better villain than uh, Lotso. Um, oh, yeah? Yeah. Like, I, I listed Lotso as um, one of my top uh, three villains before. Right. Um, because of his backstory. Um, mm. They made Gabby Gabby have heart. Um, and her motivations were kind of sad um yeah which is which yeah, is kind of the, feel for her right it's kind of the origins that you see for a lot of villains um i mean lotso had the same thing where he was sad but he kind of broke mentally whereas yeah, he became crazy <laughs> right whereas gabby she was still all there she was super sharp um and sh- her main motivation was trying to find a kid you know rather than giving up hope on a kid um yeah and she kind of comes full circle after Woody becomes such a, a loving, you know, um, compassionate kind of guy to her and gives her his voice box. Um, and, and you see that change in her that after Harmony or Melody, what was her name? It was Harmony, I, right? I, 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 yeah, think yeah, I think it was think Harmony. Harmony. After Harmony rejects her, um, like she sees a kid that's lost and gabby gabby's a lost toy so it just seems like a a perfect fit and um you see that full circle uh moment where she understands the the purpose of a toy in a child's life so she's not really a full villain but like up until that point she really was yeah and then and then you feel for her even more after harmony like puts her down and says nah i don't need her (laughs) yeah yeah so it's like oh man that's kind of that kind of hurts right right all right so another another character they introduce to us in the antique store um is duke kaboom so um i for me i thought duke kaboom they really like to emphasize that he's canadian (laughs) did did you notice that well i think that he was kind of like their version of um evil knievel kind of yeah um And Evil Knievel is American, so he like always has like the USA flag and everything. Um, I thought and it was like, clever. He's like, yes, yes, I Canada. Yeah, you I know? thought it like, was clever, <laughs> especially the casting of his voice. Um, so yeah, so Keanu Reeves, what what did you think of his acting here? It, it was great. Um, yeah. it, it was one of the sources of my laughter. Um, yeah, I, I like Duke Kaboom. He he was you, a lot you of fun. Know, you know, uh, you know, when I was uh, listening to Keanu Reeves' voice, I just couldn't help thinking about always be my maybe. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Keanu's all over the place now. Yeah. You know. Uh, I feel like he's trying to get all the roles before he like retires from acting. Maybe I don't know. He he did a great job. Um, you should watch some of the behind the scenes takes of him recording um, the poses. Oh, <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> oh man, he's probably doing that while he's you know making the sounds. He's probably posing. 
Oh, he was. <laughs> he was. Yeah. 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 No, it's great. Keanu, he, he's underrated as a comedian, you know? Yeah. No, it's great. He was he was really good. Um, but the one that really made me bust out laughing was uh, Ducky and Bunny. Ducky and Bunny. Okay, so let's talk about Ducky and Bunny. Uh, they were played by Key and Peele. Yeah. So if you guys don't know Key and Peele, they, they had a Comedy Central sketch called Key and Peele. It was a show. And um, it was, you know, the sketches of Keegan-Michael Key and Jordan Peele. Um what did you think of their comedy here? It it just it it was so good, um, especially when they were picking on Buzz Lightyear, uh, which is the majority of the film. Um, oh yeah, they love doing that. And their their fantasy scenes. Oh man, the plush rush! I could oh. not stop laughing. And then the um, the one where they they like they go slow and then they take her home and then you know. Oh yeah, they're like, where is this going? Yeah, they're like, what's gonna? What are you doing? Yeah, yeah, no, it was great. Yeah, so I mean, th- that does seem like, <laughs> like they wrote those those um those those jokes in there themselves. I right? wouldn't be surprised if it was like mainly improved. Yeah, yeah, because because those two guys, you know, they work together really well. I mean, I I love their Comedy Central stuff. Um, and then you know Jordan Peele writing all these movies and all this stuff. It's it's pretty awesome. Yeah, no, the I, I think it's pretty cool that they got them back together because their show hasn't been on for a while, right? Yeah, Ducky and Bunny, they were they were comedy gold. Um, even their mid credit scene was was hilarious. Um, they were a great addition, and I'm kind of sad that they didn't stay with Bonnie. Um, or even get to meet Bonnie. Because uh, I right. thought I thought they would be hilarious with the rest of the toys. Yeah, especially because Buzz was saying, "Oh yeah, we know some uh, a human that you can be with." Yeah, and he was implying Bonnie would take them in, right? Like, right. What happened there? Like he, they didn't join along. So you know, they stayed with Woody and Bo. Yeah. So the thing about Bonnie and her parents is, I I feel like the reason why all these toys they didn't pull a Toy Story two um, was because. Uh, their their family is different than Andy's family. They they're not just gonna all of a sudden have new toys and be like, oh, thanks, mom, you know, kind of thing. Oh right, right. Um, especially since Bonnie's so forgetful. Uh, oh yeah. They just show her as as kind of a scatterbrain. Um, right. That's that's why she forgot her backpack. She forgot um her toy. She can't find Forky. All this other stuff. I don't know if that's really how Bonnie is, or that's just how they wrote her for this story as a plot device. Yeah, I mean, they, it's this is this is like the first first full movie where we get to see the character of bonnie because in three you only see clips of her and right. glimpses you don't get she's not the main protagonist of the story whereas here is following her family mm-hmm. um and then even even in the other shorts that they did like uh dj rex or the one where they have the the she goes to the friend's house and brings the toys there and they have the dinosaurs you right. that one yeah yeah like she wasn't really like the main person they were following but here it's like they're following her family so you get they it's either they're gonna write her this way the whole time and they're gonna keep doing that or you know they just did it for this just for this movie which i don't know <laughs> we don't know I don't know. They, I mean, they skipped to first grade already, so... Yeah, they went all the way to first grade. Like, how far is this going to go? Are they even going to continue Toy Story, you know? After this, I... Hmm, I don't know if I want another one. I know, right? Like, this is like... Did they even need this one? No. Right? The third was a really good ending for me. Yeah, the the third... Yeah. It, it set up um, enough story that they could keep producing shorts... The shorts, yeah. Like, I really like their shorts. The yeah. shorts that they did. They, they could keep producing shorts, keep it fresh, um, and then maybe in the future loop back to, to Andy's kids. Uh, right, right. 
but they kind of ruin that here where Woody's no longer in the picture, Bo's not there. Um, they split up the dynamic duo of, of Buzz Lightyear and, and Woody, and it's just, it leaves me questioning what's going to happen in the future. You know, that, that scene where like Buzz was like, she'll be okay, and then he said Bonnie will be okay, I, that made me cry because I was like, wait, they're splitting up Buzz and Woody? Yeah. You can't, you can't split up Buzz and Woody, so I, I was crying. I was even wearing a Buzz and Woody t-shirt, like, come on. Yeah. You can't, you can't do this. <laughs> All like, the things that they've gone through, you know? Yeah. Those, those are like the best of friends and you're going to split them up just like that? Yeah. Like, how can, how can you do that? You know? Yeah. Um, it, it was rough. Yeah. That was, that was a rough ending for me. Um, so what did you think of that ending? Um, because, you know, we we're talking about the ending. It was, um, I hated it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Honestly, me too. Uh, I did not like them making Woody decide to choose Bo over the child that he was trying to help, you know? Yeah, uh, they they basically painted it as if Woody lost his purpose because Bonnie right. didn't want him anymore or didn't even remember him anymore, um, right. which is what kept him Andy from leaving in the first place when um Bo was being donated Andy was looking for Woody yeah. um so, so that that's why I was I was just wondering like why did Bonnie not want Woody after everything he's done for her Exactly I mean like y- you saw how special he was to her at the end of Toy Story 3 right. She was like hugging him and you know like treating him like that's my cowboy and everything yeah and then so, you see in this movie she takes the sheriff badge off of woody and puts it on jesse yeah so know? like what changed it, uh, like there there's a gap there for me that doesn't make sense um, right. as to why she just doesn't care about woody yeah like like what's going on here it's so strange and yeah. then to see him abandon her after this whole movie, he was trying not to abandon her. Yeah. You know, it, it seemed like he was contemplating doing it, you know, because Bo was, was trying to convince him to. And then, you know, he ended up doing it. But uh, why why would he do something? Like that? It's like it's like the Captain America thing again. Yeah. Where he chose where he chose to be with Peggy over, you know, saving the world yeah so so like this part this movie i actually didn't cry at the end just because i was so upset oh okay but toy story 3 i watched it like three times and each time i cried twice during the movie so during the furnace scene and then during i i like what i couldn't stop crying during the the handoff of uh the toys to bonnie this part it just made me so upset i just i (laughs) I was enjoying myself the whole movie, and then that happened, and I was just like, I can't. I can't deal with this. You know, like, when, when you kind of think that Woody's about to do this, you know, like, is Woody really going to do this? I'm like, no, no, he's going to, oh, no, he did it, right? You know? Yeah. It's like, yeah. Oh, you kind of feel like it's coming, and then it happens, and you're like, darn it, this ruined it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what they were thinking. Um, I guess. So, I mean, do you think, um, do you think the carnival... We'll end up in town back where Bonnie lives, and then they're going to get a reunion of some sort with Woody and Buzz. Do you think that's going to happen? I don't know what they can do to not make it feel like another cash grab. Um, right. I don't know if they they should even revisit this this franchise anymore. Um, yeah. Just because yeah. It, anything they do, it's going to seem like it's forced. Yes, yes. Because the way they ended it, it's like, you know, what can you do now? You, you split them up. Yeah. Right? Well, it's not just that. Like... She went through a whole year of not realizing that Woody wasn't there. Yeah, 
Yeah, so like he's all of a sudden gonna come back to Bonnie, and then she's gonna be like, "Oh yeah, Woody." Yeah, like, that that not, that's not why gonna happen, right? That's why I I don't I don't see them really revisiting it. Um, and if they do, Woody probably isn't gonna be there. Really, you think you think this is it for Woody? And Tom Hanks just said, "I'm gonna hang up the boots or hang up the hat," you know? Maybe. Yeah, that would be interesting to see. I kind of want to see Tom Hanks come back as Woody and you know show up for Andy's kids or something. You know, um, that, uh, Maybe. That would be interesting. I don't know how he would swing that, but maybe. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of hard for, you know, to see what could happen next because for me, they ruined it. <laughs> well, so, like, he spent all of Toy Story 3, like, showing, you know, at, at the daycare, toys are mistreated, blah, blah, blah. But right. then in this movie, toys are left behind and they're happy that they're being mistreated. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah, it, I mean, they made it seem like, um, in the third one, that daycare was a bad place. Right. But now it's making it seem like daycare might actually be a good place. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's it's confusing. Um, especially since, like, at the playground where we see, you know, Bo meet up with Woody, like, all right. those toys are super happy for playtime and, and like, right. a day camp. But then at Sunnyside Daycare, it's just, like, crazy and not happy. So... I don't, I don't know what they're going to do with this. It, it seems like a complete departure from the franchise. So we'll see what happens in the future. So speaking of cast grab, did you see all of the Pixar plugs that they put in there? <laughs> like they, so first they stop at a Dynaco station. I'm right. like, okay, cars. Yep. And then, you know, you see stuff like Poultry Palace. They stop at a Poultry Palace, like right. California Adventure. You know, there, there's a lot of that stuff that's going on in there. So I didn't catch a lot of things, actually. Afterwards, I looked up the Easter eggs, and mm-hmm. there were a lot of different things in the antique shop. Right, right. So, I mean, just the antique shop itself, there's stuff that we didn't notice because we're watching the story, right? Right. But if we were to rewatch it and then look for the Easter eggs, we'll probably see a lot of things, right? Yeah, the A113 was pretty embedded, and I didn't actually catch the pizza truck at all. So Really? It was the Pizza Planet truck? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't see it. Did wow, you? I didn't see it either. I didn't even know it was in there. It, it's always in there at some point. Well, yeah, they, they do. They put in, like, all the Pixar movies. Yeah, so one of the things that was interesting is um, they they claim that every single Pixar movie is um, represented in this movie. Really? Yeah. So you could probably find little things, little hints. Um, I did catch the Up reference. It was um, the bobby pin. Yeah, the one that was the, 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 the grape sa- soda. The safety pin and the grape Sa- soda cap. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then there was uh, the vinyl records. There was an Ernesto de la Cruz record there. Oh, Coco. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And then there were some other things within there that, that are fun. I think there were some Incredibles things in there. Hmm. It's interesting. But yeah, that's pretty cool that they, they threw some Easter eggs in there to represent all of the different Pixar movies. You know, just throw a nod in there for, for all the Pixar yeah. Yeah. So, um, some some of the new characters they also showed were uh, Giggles. Uh, she's a, like a Polly Pocket. Oh, I loved what, her. What? Yeah. So, what did you think of her? She's represented by. Uh, I mean, she's played by an Asian American. What's her? What's the actress name again? I'm not sure what her name is. Yeah. So, uh, what did you think of her, uh, Giggles? She was a lot of fun, um, especially when she uh, started interacting with um, with Woody. Oh yeah. Uh, when they were sharing stories about Bo. <laughs> That, yeah, that, yeah. that was a lot of fun because she's basically like Bo's traveling bestie. companion, Bestie. Yeah. Um, and we we did get to learn the, the sheep names, um, the sheep's names. Um, 
Billy, Goat, and Gruff, and they're female. They're female, yeah. Yeah. He, I did not Woody, expect Woody, that. Woody called them he, or him, or what is he? What do you call them? The, the, the male. Guys. The male, I think uh, he said yeah, guys. guys. I missed you guys. And then she's like, she's like, girls. What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. World changer. There you go. So girl power. They're, they're girl sheep. And then they even, they even drive the RC car that had a skunk skin on it. Yeah. <laughs> that was fun. Yeah. And then, you know. You're wondering, oh, why is it a skunk? And then you see at the carnival, everybody avoids the skunk, right? Yeah. Yeah. So That's what, why. What did you think of Benson? Uh, Benson, you know, they always have to have some sort of enforcer, I guess. Um, the, like the big guns or something. Yeah, like Big uh, Baby. Big Baby was the one in three. Yeah, creepy. Creepy, yeah. And Benson to me was creepy because, you know, Goosebumps. You know, remember the yeah, Goosebumps? Yeah, ventriloquy dummies. And, yeah. The, I don't know. They always make them creepy things that so, come to life so the the um the pram scene you know when when ben when the stroller is going towards the carnival and it goes flying mm-hmm. and then the lady looks into the into the stroller and it's benson and she yeah. like starts screaming i'm like yeah, yeah that's about right <laughs> yeah exactly like you see a creepy ventriloquist doll in there and you're probably gonna scream yeah right? i'm like yeah that's a, that's probably how i'd react <laughs> yeah you're expecting a little baby or something but nope Nope, it's Benson. Yeah, creepy. So, did you hear that some people misheard the name as Vincent? Did you hear that? Was it Vincent? No, it's Benson. That's what but, I thought. But some people were hearing Vincent, and then they'll hear Benson, and they don't unhear Benson. But if you look at the credits, the name is Benson. So, yeah, so at first I thought she was saying Vincent. But oh yeah, then, you thought so too, huh? But then, like as I kept watching it, I ended up hearing Benson. So I was like, yeah, okay, yeah, exactly. it's Benson. Right, it is Benson. And if you look at like the products also created, it says Benson on them. So it's Benson. Um, yeah, so Gabby Gabby was using them as her enforcers and lookouts and everything pretty much. Security. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, that, that <laughs> we pretty much covered like the whole movie, I guess, and aspects of the movie. Uh, what is your like, would you have any closing thoughts for our listeners here on Toy Story 4? Um, I would watch it with a grain of salt. Um, mm. Try not to compare it to the other movies, uh, just because it actually is an enjoyable movie, um, r- despite the <laughs> creepy dolls and you know what happens in the end. Um, right. But there are there are kind of they're really comedic moments, especially when like the toys take over the RV and are trying to get oh, back yeah. to the carnival. Man, I right. could not stop laughing. That was so funny because and the police are like, "Pull over!" Yeah, I'm, I can't. <laughs> and the unicorn is like, um, "Oh man, Dad's really going to." jail now um yeah i couldn't i couldn't stop cracking up i was just like i was losing my head my everything i was just crazy um so no it's it's a really fun movie um at the time that i looked it was like at 98 percent on rotten tomatoes so it's definitely not a flop like cars 2 um Mm -hmm. so i i would i would watch it if if you um enjoy comedy but just don't compare it to one two or three because it's it's not going to be the same it's definitely a different feeling yeah so for me i agree it's a fun movie up until the end when you get to the end then it just kind of ruins it for me. I mean, it, it was great. It, it was, like you said, the, the comedy is good. The timing is good. Um, you know, the movie, it, it has, it doesn't move at a snail's pace. It's moving. Um, but then when you get to the end, you're like, ooh, that just took a turn. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're like, okay, um, it kind of sours it. But for me, it was a good movie, except for that ending. Um, so if you want to check it out, it's a 
you should check it out. And I'd have to say it's the fourth best Toy Story movie out of four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's definitely not the worst Pixar movie out there. Um, oh, yeah, there's worse. So, like but in, ter- in terms of my rankings of a Toy Story movie, it's it's three, two, one, four. So... Yes, yes, for me too. Same like, thing. which is which is sad because I thought the Toy Story franchise was the the one to break away from all the sequel trash. Um, yeah. Because it progressively got better, like the stories as a whole. From like one, it's 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 a pretty basic story. It was definitely ahead of its time um, with toys having feelings. But then two gives you that depth of of emotion, right. and then right. three just knocks it out of the park because it definitely. it adds that that attachment to um your childhood you know and then yes, leaving especially because andy grows up you right know? It, like, and when it came out it was around the time that i was going to college so right. it was me trying to relate to that like a departure from my childhood and I, that's why it wrecked me when i watched it <laughs> um especially because uh, especially because we grew up with the toy story franchise right you know? right that was like that was our childhood, and then you see Andy growing and going up, going to college, and you're like, wait, I'm grown up and gone to college too, right? Right. So it's like, man, it's just it's so relatable to us but and our demographic. Every time I like walk away from a Toy Story movie, I, I just I think about my toys, and I'm like, man, it would be kind of crazy if they actually did have feelings and were alive, and and I just left them, you know? And it right, it, it right. makes you think, and then you're like, nah. <laughs> exactly because it's like they're toys what, yeah, what they're am toys. i thinking what right? am i doing um, yeah but throughout yeah. the movie uh because i i started playing kingdom hearts 3 uh um, yeah i i was just like man that would be a really good level to play <laughs> oh <laughs> especially the, the duke kaboom scene when they they made the jump oh, man i was like man this would be a crazy level to play <laughs> yeah when you like especially like your rail rail hopping or whatever and then you right. do a jump right like the duke kaboom yeah oh, that would be so cool yeah there were several points of the movie that I was like, "Man, this would be really fun to play." So well, I hope they, yeah. I hope they release a platformer. Oh, that would be pretty cool. I mean, they did so with one and two. I don't know about three. Did they do one for three? I don't know. I'm not sure about three. Yeah, I remember playing two on the N64. That was that was a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> and number one, I played on the Super Nintendo. So you know that that dates us, right? Yeah, for real. Yeah. So. This franchise is, uh, I guess, a legacy for uh, Pixar. Yeah. yeah. It's the uh, originator, and um, it's going to be interesting to see where they go with it. Yeah, it's it's anyone's guess at this point. But um, in, at least in terms of the parks, um, you know, we know that they're going to keep the gang together. Oh, yeah. Because... Because, you know, like, for for example, Toy Story Land was built around the premise that it's Andy's backyard. Right. So you're going into Andy's backyard. And, you know, that's, it's going to be, it's always going to be like that. And it's, uh, at least it's something that we have. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. Um, overall, it's an enjoyable movie. Uh, you can go out and watch it and enjoy. Yeah. It should be out for a while, considering yeah. um, the ratings and, or the reviews plus um we're not gonna see lion king come out until july right correct so yeah i mean we have at least until july so so based on the the visuals of this movie i anticipate lion king to be stunning and if it's not i'm gonna be heartbroken (laughs) so so here's a question did you like aladdin better than this one or did you like this one better than aladdin it's hard to say um just because they're different um Mm -hmm. aladdin was a a change it was an adaptation from an adaptation um and this is a sequel to something that i hold so dear um yeah i mean 
they're they're it's like comparing apples and oranges so i don't really think i can compare them okay yeah i mean they they were they were both enjoyable i yeah i did enjoy them both so you know it's up to the viewer to decide correct I think this is more appropriate for people that have younger kids. But again, be wary of the ventriloquy dolls. Oh, yeah. Those, those things are so creepy. Even <laughs> as so adults, creepy. you get creeped out. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So um, any closing thoughts for our listeners here? Yeah. So thanks for tuning in. Uh, if you made it to the end, um, uh, thank you for continuing to support us. And if you haven't already, please subscribe. Um, I believe we're working on getting it on Pandora, right? Yeah. I, I did submit it to Pandora podcasts since they're relatively new uh and i'm waiting to hear back i don't know if we're gonna get on there but they're in their pilot program so we'll see so we'll see um but if we don't make it on there uh continue to listen through our website through spotify soundcloud and all the other stuff that we're on um and don't be afraid to leave us a comment um send us an email and please review us so that we can grow as a podcast yeah so i also want to thank you guys for continually tuning in and here's a little thing for you guys um, who are listening right now we're going to be doing a giveaway because we've reached 3,000 followers on instagram so uh, i'm actually going to be putting out a video on our youtube channel that has all the details for our giveaway so you know head over to our youtube channel if you're listening to this and um, i'm going to put up the video pretty soon probably this week so you guys can see the details on what we're going to be doing what we're going to be giving away and it's going to be pretty exciting for you guys so you know you might want to check that out all right so uh as we'd like to say here thank you for, for listening and don't forget to keep your watches See ya. See ya.